Ephesians 1, verses 12 and 13, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. We we're looking uh, this evening at these uh, simple phrase, uh, who first trusted in Christ, and also verse 13, in whom ye also uh, trusted. And my message title is simply, in whom uh, are you trusting? We're talking about trust. In whom are you trusting? Whom can you trust, uh, friends? Who is worthy of your trust? You have many precious possessions uh, amongst you, uh, in your, in, in, entrusted to you, but who could you entrust those possessions to? Well, here, uh, this very simple message tonight, friends, is all about trusting. Who do you entrust your soul to? That's the most important possession that you have, the most priceless possession. There's no value that you can put onto your soul. Who, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to trust yourself uh, to take you to heaven, or will you trust another to take you there? Will you trust in yourself for forgiveness of sins, or will you trust in another, in Christ, for forgiveness? Here we read about people who came to trust in Christ for these spiritual uh, blessings and obtained uh, forgiveness and salvation and eternal life just by doing this very, very simple act of trusting in Christ. Oh, friends, the gospel is not complicated. God has made it easy, in a sense, for us to follow. A child could follow this. Here is the message. Believe the message. Christ is the Savior. Trust in Him, and God will forgive you and give you a new life. So, friends, this is what we're talking about a little bit tonight. In whom are you trusting? Now, sadly, in the world that we are living in, we cannot trust uh, everyone. We are rather more suspicious than trusting. And maybe we need to be. It would be a little bit naive to trust every, uh, the first everyone that we meet, some new person. If we don't know anything about them, anybody who knocks on our door, we just trust them implicitly. Well, that would be a little bit naive to do that. We must give thought and due consideration to things because sadly there are many people out there who want to take us for a ride. Many people are out to make a quick buck out of us, who are out to profit from us, who don't care about using us in order to promote themselves or to enlarge and increase what they have. They're willing to, to rob us and to steal from us, to take things from us in a surreptitious, in a clever way, to foil us and to, and to deceive us, all for their own benefit. So many friends, sadly, we have to say this, are cold and callous when it comes to, uh, to, to other people. They don't seem to care. Well, what I'm doing may hurt other people, may touch other people's lives and ruin other people's lives emotionally and in, in, in so many other ways and may so hurt and harm others. They don't think about these things. They don't just, uh, they're in it 
only for themselves. And so sadly, we sometimes have to treat these new people, even like some dodgy salesman who knocks on our door and we're suspicious about them. And that's how we end up treating, uh, treating others with doubt and uh, suspicion. Thankfully, not all, uh, all, not everyone is like that. We need trust, isn't it? Trust, maybe more than love, makes the world uh, go round. We need trust. Two people are on the verge of getting married. They're engaged. Well, there must be trust between, uh, between them both. Trust that the other party will be loyal and faithful to them. Trust that the other party will be supportive in all times, in sickness and in health. Trust that that person will be kind to them and loving all the days of their life. Trust the bank, isn't it? With your savings, all that money that you have, however little or much it may be, you put it into the bank, you trust them to look after it. And in a sense, if you have a mortgage, well, uh, from the bank, the bank is trusting you. They're lending you all that money and they're expecting you to pay it back in, uh, in monthly payments. There's a sort of a trust uh, even on that side. We trust the schools with our children. We trust, all, we trust uh, also uh, care homes with our frail and the elderly people. Those uh, maybe elderly parents that we cannot look after and we, we put them into a, a home. And we trust that the carers there, well, they're going to look after them. They're going to take them, take care of them. Sadly, we hear some stories from some people who work in such homes that is not always the case. And some of the, the residents are uncared for and left uh, for long periods of time. But we trust the care home to do a good job. We own a car and you need a new, new mechanic to fix the car or to do your MOT for you. But you know, from experience like I do, it can be quite anxious because you don't know who to trust. Which, which uh, mechanic shall I take my car to? Can I trust him? Will he, will he do a proper job? Or will he say that all these other bits are wrong and that bit is wrong when it doesn't need, needs replacing? And, it, and he, uh, he says all these things. How can I know that he won't uh, cheat me? We, we're so worried about these things. When we meet somebody who is reliable, we tend to stick with them because they have that good track record. Oh, friends, we exercise trust, isn't it, in all areas of our life. It's so important. It's so vital. You're offered a job. Uh, your employer says, I will train you. I will give you, train you new skills. You'll be able to climb the ladder. And uh, you, you can do flexi hours, maybe. You say, well, if you believe him, if you trust him, you'll sign the contract. Oh, it's hard to know, though, whom to trust uh, in these days. Today we have websites like Rated People and Trusted Pilot. You need... To, to get a company, uh, you, or even to go to a restaurant, maybe you go onto these websites and you find out uh, about these companies and you re read the customer reviews on these companies. Oh, this company's only got one star. Oh, forget about it. This company's got four stars, four and a half stars. Oh, I'll take a look at this one. But even in those, you, you are, we are sometimes doubtful because, as happened to me recently, I was reading one yesterday and uh, I discovered it looked like some of the reviews were written by the people who were actually working there. And then you, you, you're, you're sort of brought, well, can I really trust uh, this company? But we need things like that to help us, isn't it? Oh, friends, don't we all trust our GPs? 
How often when we are sick and you go to the doctor and the doctor prescribes something for you and you, you just take it implicitly. You're putting all that medication inside your body, but you're trusting your GP to, to, to look after you and to do the best for you. Oh, friends, if only we could do that with Christ. If we realize our sins and we go to him and we uh, take uh, whatever he prescribes for us and he calls us and he says, here is the prescription for your sin, repentance and faith in him, trust in him. This is what you need to do. Take it, do it, and you will be spiritually well. But so many people uh, don't. Oh, friends, this is uh, so, such a so simple thing uh, uh, to trust and yet we find it so difficult in life uh, to do this. In some things, some of these things I've mentioned, well, it, the matter is a small issue. It doesn't really matter uh, if we lose out. If a builder uh, takes a little bit more extra, charges you a bit more extra money than he should do, but you lost out on a few quid. But it's not the end of the world. You know, you, you can still carry on living. Or if, uh, you know, your employer says fails to keep that promise to train you as he said he would when you, he offered you the job. Well, you can still reason with yourself, well, I'm getting a salary and I'm at least doing that and I can train myself in my job. So, but other matters are more weighty. What, what happens when you put those, your parents into a care home and, and they fail to be looked after and they're, they're hurt or harmed or something happens to them? Well, that's more serious, isn't it? But what, what if somebody disappoints you with love? You put your trust in somebody that you lo uh, uh, to, to love them, and that person proves untrustworthy. Well, it's, when we love somebody, it's like we're giving a part of ourselves uh, to uh, that person, isn't it? And we're deeply let down and deeply disappointed when it doesn't work out. And the loss is so much greater. Oh, friends, that's a weighty matter, isn't it? To be disappointed in love. But it's also a weighty matter regarding our soul. What we do with our soul, who we entrust our soul to, is no light matter. It's a weighty matter, friends. It's so important. This is the most prized possession that you have. This is you, even you, your own, your, your own immortal soul, your never-dying soul. What is the soul? That's you. That's the real you uh, within isn't it? We all feel like that. We, the soul as uh, we ourselves inside looking out onto the world, the thinking, feeling, conscious person within us. We're not just flesh and, and, and blood. Friends, we are more than that. We are, uh, there is a soul uh, within us. And the Bible says that soul is immortal. The real you. So important. Who are you going to entrust yourself uh, with? The Lord Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? That's how valuable your soul is. If you gain the whole world and yet you yourself are lost at the end of the day, what does it matter having gained all those things? Can I lose my soul? Is it really possible, friends? Yes, you can be eternally lost. If you listen to the wrong message, if you trust in another voice, that leads you down the wrong path, it, it will take you into everlasting uh, uh, lostness. It will take you into everlasting separation from God. If you listen 
to the wrong message. And there are so many voices which are trying to get our attention. One voice we hear constantly these days is that everything can be explained rationally. Science can explain uh, everything they say. Oh, there's no need then for a Bible. There's no need for you to have a belief in God now. That's all the past. That's all tradition. You can let go of that. Be modern and follow the path of reason. Life just came about by chance. You and I are here only by fluke, is what they say, that we developed over millions of years and jumped from one species to another. But friends, where is the evidence for that? Where are the fossil evidences? If we did indeed move from one species to another to another, then there would be so much evidence in the fossils' records, but nothing, uh, nothing is there. There should be millions of these fossils. They should be so easy to find, but we find nothing like, like a, a vast number. And so they also, they also say to us, uh, oh, the first humans, well, they were very primitive. They were Stone Age cavemen. They had very small brains. They are very limited in their intelligence. And that intelligence only developed uh, over time, a long period of time. And man went from a, a primitive state uh, to a civilized state. And he's so wonderful now. And his brain has enlarged over time and evolved into a bigger brain that he has now. Well, biologically, there are problems with that, which even un unbelievers have addressed. But the book of Genesis, which you've been studying in our Bible studies during the week, well, that tells us so different. Right from the very beginning, man and woman was in, were intelligent beings. Man and women had the ability to design, to architect, to build a city. They had the ability to play, they were musicians, they were playing musical instruments. The harp and that kind of organ is also uh, mentioned uh, there. They were farmers, they knew how to uh, farm the land. Uh, they, they were forgers of tools and bronze and iron. These things were intelligent they, they were intelligent beings right from the very start. This is how God uh, made us friends. But if you trust in this, if you trust in this message that we, everything can be explained by reason and by science, well, friends, that will take you down the wrong path. That will lead you away from God and away from peace with God and eternity with Him. Another voice that we hear that calls for our attention Another message which tells us you can be free. Be free. Let go of those uh, rules of God. You don't need to follow those rules anymore. Live life as you want, it, you want to live. Be free. Follow your own desires. Eat, drink, be merry. And then uh, life is all about having a good time. Try and find one pleasure after another. Try and... Uh, do, or do whatever you want to do. You have your bucket list. Follow your bucket list. Live for yourself. Don't worry. There are no consequences. This voice tells you there's no consequences to choosing such a self-indulgent life. Nothing will happen to you at the end of the day. When you die, that's it, they will say. Abandon those rules. They will even encourage you to do. Abandon God's rules especially. You don't need those Ten Commandments. You don't need to be worried. Don't let your conscience be troubled about them. They're so restrictive. They're holding you back. 
Live for yourself. Live for number one. You can go this way. You can follow that path. You're free to do that. But friends, the Bible tells us that at the end of the day, you must stand before God. I must stand before God. Each one of us must give an account of ourselves to Him on the day of judgment. Know that one day we must die. One day we must be ushered before Him and tell Him how He will live our life. And if we have rejected Him in this way, if we have left Him out of our lives, then He will send us as He must into an eternal separation from Him, into eternal hell. Oh, friends, who are you trusting? It's so important uh, what message you, you are believing and trusting in. Here we read about the Apostle Paul in verse 12. He says that he, those who are with him, well, they first trusted in Christ, and then these Ephesian believers that he was writing to, verse 13, in whom ye also trusted. They also had done the same. They were depending on Christ. What a system. They were not depending on a set of teachings. They were depending on a person. They were putting their faith and their trust in a living person, the living Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this, friends, is a, a very simple definition of a Christian. What is a Christian? A Christian is one simply who is trusting in Christ to save him. Trusting in Christ for forgiveness. Trusting in Christ to take him uh, to heaven. That's why God sent his son into the world. Why? So that people would believe in him. Would trust in him. This is why Christ died on Calvary's cross. So that people would trust in him and what he has done uh, there. A believer is someone who has stopped trusting in himself. And is now trusting in Christ for salvation. He dare not trust himself. Oh, and in the, in the worldly matters, yes, you can have some confidence, some self-confidence. You need some for your job. You need some if you're playing a sport, that, uh, uh, some confidence in your abilities. But when it comes to acceptance before a holy God, all self-confidence, friends, must go out of the window. We come before him and say, Lord, I'm a vile, wretched person. I deserve nothing from Thee. I have no confidence to, uh, before Thee. It's useless, Lord, to trust myself. I'm going to trust in the Savior whom You have provided. I'm going to entrust my soul uh, to You. I'm going to lean and depend on Him and on Him alone. Some people lean on Christ, but they also lean on other things. Maybe they 50%, 60% is on Christ, they say. And then the other 30, 40% is lean on themselves and their goodness or their good works. No, friends, it must be entirely depending on Him. Are you a believer? Is this the testimony, your testimony today? Is this a, a description? If I asked you today, why are you going to heaven? Why are you a believer? Would you say, because I'm trusting wholly in Christ and leaning only on Him. This is it, friends. So simple, isn't it? Now, when, now, friends, note that when we call on you to trust in Christ, we're not asking you to take a leap in the dark. 
We're not asking you to exercise a blind faith. Even here in verse 13 we see it. Uh, in whom ye trusted after that ye heard the word of truth. These Ephesian believers whom Paul was writing to, well, when he first went amongst them, they were idol worshippers. They worshipped Diana, and they went to her temple. There was a great, a magnificent temple there in Ephesus, and the whole city went after her and, and worshipped her. And so many of these uh, were idol worshippers when Paul and his companions first came into the city. And they came and they preached the gospel there. And they told the, the Ephesian people, you're in great danger because of your sins, because of your idolatry, because you've rejected the true and living God. You're in great danger. Your sins are going to take you to hell. You're in great danger because God is angry with you. Uh, for the way that you are uh, uh, believing and behaving. And he told them also, but there is a way of escape. There is a Savior whom God has sent, Jesus Christ who came into the world, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity who came from heaven. He came and he, he taught people the way of salvation. He taught people how they could get into the kingdom of God. He taught uh, truly uh, the message of, uh, of uh, forgiveness and life. But how do we know that he is true and all the others are false? One way is he did great miracles. God confirmed the word that Christ was speaking with so many miracles that he did. And he, Paul told them of these things. He said, Christ, he was the God-man. He was divine. And he did all these things. He spoke to them of the cross. He explained the, cro the cross to them, that Christ was there making an atonement for the sins of all who would believe in him. There he was bearing the punishment of everyone who would trust in, in him. Do you believe it, he said? He said, if you do, repent and trust in this Savior whom God has provided. And they did. Not everyone, but so many people did. They, so many repented. So many trusted and they found these, the words true. The Lord not only forgave them, but he changed their life. They came to him, they responded, and these, they said, Jesus, I will trust thee, trust thee with my soul. Guilty, lost, and helpless, thou canst make me whole. Oh, friends, they saw Christ by faith. They saw his love and they trusted uh, in him. But you may ask, can I trust Christ with my soul? Is he trustworthy, a person? Friends, you really don't need to be suspicious about the Lord. He is, uh, he's no dodgy salesman. He has a, an excellent track record. He's not out to cheat you. He's not out to rob you. He's not out to steal from you. He cares for your soul. He cares for your, your interest, your spiritual interest. He cares about your eternal destiny, where you will go. He has no pleasure in you dying and going, going into eternity lost. He cares about you. He has your best interest at heart. This is, our, this is the Savior. He has an unblemished and an excellent track record, friends. Millions and millions down 
through the ages have put their trust in him, and not one has been disappointed. Not one. Oh, if he fails you, well, you would be the first one. But that will never happen, because he never fails anyone who trusts in him. You're right to have doubts about men, but you shouldn't have about the Lord. You may have come across <coughs> that story in the news uh, recently about a woman in Shanghai. And uh, this woman, well, somehow she managed to uh, trick 18 men, 18 men into thinking that she would marry them. I got to know them, I guess, uh, online. And uh, even with some of them took uh, pre-wedding photos with them and then made up the sob stories of my father has cancer, my brother's in prison to gain money from them. And they all were giving money. Some people were taking loans from the bank to give uh, money uh, to uh, this lady. And uh, eventually, she was found out that she was a cheat. She was deceiving people. She was married uh, with one kid as well. And uh, this story, while well, it could be multiplied to, uh, many times uh, over. But Lord's not like that, friends. He doesn't take people for a ride. He's not out to steal things from you. He's out to bless you and to bring you into a higher and better uh, life than you have now. Don't be suspicious of him. Why should I trust him? Oh, friends, he's divine. He cannot lie. It's impossible for Christ to lie. He always speaks the truth. Why should you trust him? Because this is his role. This is his work. This is what he, he came to do, to save people. This is what he has done. Like that GP you trust so implicitly because you know he's helped so many other people before. And he's been trained to help people. So the Lord has come and he has uh, the ability and he has that track record of actually saving souls. And so you can trust in him implicitly. He will look after all that you entrust to him. He will do as he says. He won't trick you. He always keeps his word. Put your confidence in him, friends. He will forgive you. He will change you. He will make you a new person. He will speak for you on the day of judgment as well. He'll be there for you to stand by you. Well, which message, once again, I ask? Which message are you trusting in? Whom are you trusting in, friends? Verse 12, 13 again. Look, the, uh, a synonym for this gospel, the word of truth. It's a word of truth. You can depend upon it. Oh, friends, come to Christ. Trust in Him uh, today. Uh, don't wait uh, any longer. Don't delay. Again, verse 13. In whom ye tr also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth. And that word after again has a, we could look at it in another way, and it suggests that as soon as they heard, as soon as these Ephesian people heard the gospel, they turned, they obeyed, they repented, and they trusted in Christ. They didn't say to Paul, another day, Paul, later on, when I'm, when I'm on my deathbed, then I'll do it. Oh, when I'm uh, in my old age, when, that, when I've got more time on my hands, as soon as they heard it, they re responded to it. They didn't put it off. Oh, don't pro procrastinate, friends. To leave off this message, to leave off trusting in Christ, well, something happens to us. 
Something happens to us if we say, not today, Lord, maybe next year, or when, when, when I'm married, and if, or when the kids have grown up, or when I'm retired, or some other thing you have in your mind. If we say, speak like that, well, when that time comes, you will find that you have no desire for Christ anymore. You'll have lost what it had because that was the time the Spirit of God was moving in your heart and you rejected it and your heart became more colder and more uh, harder towards this message. So if God is working in you, now's the time to respond. Today is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear His voice, friends, harden not your heart. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your faith in Him, believe in Him, and He will save you and make you His own. Well, let's pray uh, together. Oh Lord, we thank Thee for these simple things that Thou hast shown to us in Thy Word, that all we need to do is even trust in Christ. And Lord, we pray that You would help us to do so, that we may leave off our own righteousness, and we may come humbly even tonight, and put our faith and our belief and tell Thee, O Lord, that we trust in Thee and we depend on Thee. O Lord, hear our prayer and bless us, each one, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let's sing our final hymn, number 372, Jesus, Lover of My Soul, 372.